When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. Sooner Sports Podcast on a Friday. Erin Miller joins us, as she has throughout the postseason. We got JT Gasso coming up a little bit later on, but right now, we focus with the with the woman who will be behind the mic in Stillwater. What's up with that? We got to get you in Norman. What's up with Stillwater? They got the number one crew coming here, right? Hey, at least. Yeah, you do have the number one crew because you're on the ABC, which is massive for our sport, but we'll probably get into that. Um, I'm headed to Stillwater. At least I get to drive. That's right. I'm excited. I'm excited that you're on site. Hey, let's start there. Friday night, well, Friday afternoon, 2 o'clock, Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock, if necessary, Sunday at 3. But the Saturday at 2 is what a lot of people are talking about. And again, I'm on the radio, so I'm one of those, hey, mute the TV, listen with the sound up. But even I understand the magnitude of this game being on broadcast television. Sure, uh, maybe the ABC, NBC, and, and CBS luster has been lost a little bit, but not to this man. I'm fired up, Aaron, to see that the uh, that ESPN and ABC are making the commitment to put not only this game on ABC, but maybe this is the start of many more. No, I, I think you're you're so correct. I, the the talk on social media, the coverage, the promotion, the marketing behind this is so big it's huge for the growth of our sport even if it's just one broadcast breaking that ceiling hopefully is gonna open the floodgates for more coverage we deserve it the viewership's there it's been proven the growth i love the linear broadcast that we get to do with the seven innings just so that you get to see all the games across the nation this this to me is a display of how far and how much softball has come it's exciting man i i'm so fired up for that this weekend as i am for this series now 
I'm going to save the best for last. So we're going to circle back around at the end here for OU Washington. But one of the cool things about having Aaron is not only because she's won two national championships and was the captain of a national championship Sooner team, but she's seen everyone in college softball. So we can sneak a peek at all the other Super Regionals. And let's start with the matchup that the winner would end up facing, oh, hopefully Oklahoma, in the first game of the Women's College World Series. You saw James Madison. You saw Odyssey dominate. And they get a an upstart Missouri team in their Super Regional in Columbia. I think this is going to be such a dogfight. Um, so I got to see James Madison battle it out in Tennessee. And guys, if you don't already know the name, Odyssey Alexander, you better learn because she's going to be making waves when she's there in Columbia. This chick is the real deal. She had 19 strikeouts in 10 innings against Liberty, which we know Liberty very well playing a dang good ball mm-hmm. club and fought them hard for 10 innings through the entirety of that game, 19 Ks. That's a program record and a career record for her. She topped out at 71 miles an hour with a 55 mile an hour off speed and a 48 mile an hour changeup. That is wow. how good she is in the circle. And their offense is just as powerful. Like I, I think this one is going to come down to game three. I do too. I do too. So that's the the top part of the Oklahoma bracket. Meanwhile, boy, you get a doozy. Texas has been swept by Oklahoma State this year, including that dramatic win in the Big 12 tournament. Now these two teams get a little bit of that primetime love, if you will, if they get to a Sunday game. But boy, I'm fascinated by this because Texas got pushed to the brink on Sunday night, late Sunday night, but they were able to do it with defense and pitching, which Aaron was not there whenever they came to Oklahoma down the stretch of the Big 12. Here's the thing that allowed Texas to come on top against Oregon is that all year long they have struggled defensively. They've had just costly errors. They've given up too many free passes. This is one of the best offenses that Texas has ever had, especially under Mike White when he stepped in from Oregon. But what allowed them to take the W in regionals was their defense. That is an area that they have fought to polish all year long, and it finally showed up when it mattered. And for Oklahoma State, I mean, they they took three from from Texas on their field. And I, I feel like Texas has still got a little wound there, that they're ready to heal. They're ready to make a wrong right. But as you have seen, a number five seed, an incredible year for OSU, that one might come down to a game three. I, I think you could probably make that statement across all eight sites, but this one specifically with, with that Big 12 blood at play here um, and the improvement Texas has made defensively, I'm eager. I'm eager to call this matchup. Yeah, I am too. You know, I, I thought it was wild. In Mississippi State, Boston, and who else was there? Campbell. They weren't really much of a match for Oklahoma State, but, mm-hmm. you know, Mississippi State had some success against Carrie Eberly, and I know her numbers look good, but I thought at times she looked tired, and every time I thought she looked tired, she'd bow up and get three out. So I'll be curious to see what that looks like this weekend for Oklahoma State against Texas. By the way, those game times are Friday at 4, Saturday at 3, and then Sunday at 5 o'clock. How about what's going on down in Gainesville, man? Florida, boy, they had a tough bracket. South Florida's pitcher was legit, and they had the walk-off win in game one. And then Georgia had to persevere overcoming the ACC champion, but they got to do it at home. Our first all-SEC matchup is a doozy, isn't it? Yeah, you know, both 
both of these teams had to fight hard to get to supers. Florida faced what was a no hitter out of Georgina Korek, the, the ace in the circle for South Florida, who's led by a heck of a coach, coach Erickson that was with the national team for a long time. Um, that, that South Florida squad really battle tested. They pressure tested Florida and same with Georgia. They were not the host. So reminder to all those listening, they might've been playing in Athens, but that home feel was in the dugout of Duke. Duke had that seed. They they were the ones that came out on top to make that um, splash in Athens. But Georgia had to fight hard to rip it out of out of Duke's hands. And when I see these two names next to each other, Florida and Georgia, my brain always goes back. I can't even remember what year it was. I want to say it was 2016 or 15. It was back when I was playing, and Georgia hit a walk off. Oh, yes. One seed down, like like this matchup goes years back. There are still wounds here. I know there are still nightmares on the Florida side of facing Georgia in a super regional, because back when Georgia took a walk off from them, Florida was the pick. They were the it squad to make that run in the women's college world series, and Georgia said, "Not today, not today, not on my watch." So there's some history here. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I know exactly. That was 16. Because I remember thinking about, oh my gosh, we're going to get a Florida-Oklahoma World Series. And I was still learning about the sport. And we were sitting watching the Super Regionals with the walk-off. And you're just like, because Florida had won back-to-back national championships. Right. And Georgia just ripped their hearts out. So that's a great storyline this weekend. Those are Friday, Saturday, Sunday game, the early morning specials. Except, did I see this right? They're, no, 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock on Friday, then 11 a.m. on Saturday and Sunday. How about Alabama and Kentucky? I'll be honest with you, Montana Fouts has just dropped my jaw, blown my mind. But, Aaron, I haven't seen much of Kentucky this year. What do you make of this all-SEC matchup on the opposite side from Oklahoma, the bracket? You know, I, I think of, first off, Bama. Um, in my eyes, Montana Fouts is the hottest pitcher in college softball right now. Uh, 28 strikeouts with 14 inning, innings pitched, uh, a career high of 15 Ks this past weekend. Like, I, I just, I don't, I can't think of a, a bigger force right now in the circle within our landscape. But on the other end, facing a, a number 14 Kentucky squad that has looked really good all year. I, I just think of the battle that they've had through their conference and what they've had to do in the circle. Like the Wildcats always perform well in postseason. There's a history between these two teams. They face each other quite a bit throughout the year. Um, And you can't denote the fact that when it gets to this point in the season, no matter who's in the circle, no matter who you're facing, it takes that extra magic to be able to pull a super regional. And you're going to see some craziness. These two teams are, this is, this will be a dogfight. I can tell you that right now. And then one more of the series that start Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Arizona and Arkansas, of course, for Sooner fans, Arizona features Mariah Lopez, who is the Oklahoma transfer. And she was big out of the pinch. She hasn't necessarily had a, a, a great season, They've got a couple of young pitchers that have pitched well, but she was big out of the pen for them this weekend. And then Arkansas, Audra LaValle, who transferred from Oklahoma, not really a regular part of their lineup, but there's a couple Oklahoma ties to these two teams. And I know, you know I don't. I think Courtney Dyfel had just left Aaron before your first year as a grad assistant, but Oklahoma ties there with Coach Dyfel. She's done an incredible job. This might be, I mean, outside of Oklahoma, Washington, one of the best matchups of the Super Regionals we have. I agree with you. Like, our, our, our Arkansas... Look at us. I mean, th- this year, 
what Arkansas has done in the SEC. So they're sharing the regular season SEC championship with Florida. But Coach Dyfel winning the SEC uh, Coach of the Year. Mary Half, who who <laughs> has, has been the buzz with could she have been the pitcher of the year for the SEC? I don't know. There's a lot of conversation around her name with it going to Fouts. Uh, Braxton Burnside, an incredible player, has been a huge asset for them as far as power goes. Daniel Gibson has always been um, a huge power for them at the plate. And then you face the Malipala, the Jesse Harpers of the world oh. over Arizona. Like, it's these are bombs away. In my eyes, this is going to be one of those, like, big bombs, super huge offensive weekends. Like, it's going to come down to whoever can put put up the big numbers on the board. Two regionals start tonight. My hope is that this podcast is out before these games start, but I'm chasing the rain right now, YMO, so we'll see. LSU and Florida State, this should be fun. <laughs> hey, no one had a tougher schedule this year than LSU and Florida State just kind of quietly going about their business. A lot of talk yeah. about Clemson and Duke, and here we are. Sid Sherrill's squad is right here in the uh, Super Regionals again. Well, you make a good point. What was a very upsetting run for them during the ACC, I think they're using that fuel and a little bit of that disappointment as fire for them to perform, you know, through postseason. And, and don't make no bones about it. FSU is a dang good team. They're coached by one of the best staffs in the nation, Coach Lonnie Alameda, who has her little thumbprint of her Oklahoma years, mm -hmm. um, you know, lineage of Oklahoma success across the landscape in softball, but love, love, love to get a chance to talk to Alameda and her staff. She's just world-class coach, but one of the best in her game. And LSU, I mean, another very well-coached ball club. Uh, they, to me, you know, when I think of just solid on every facet of the game, LSU has always been that program in my eyes. Like, Aliyah Andrews, one of the best I've ever seen had a sports center top 10 play in the outfield Taylor Pleasant who's super good at the plate and then Florida State they have been that that postseason spark like I think of Anna Shellnut who is is postseason Anna right like she always comes up in those clutch situations to get them to that next game or to get them to one more inning for a chance to hit again they have those players on their squad that knows what it takes with a back-against-the-wall situation in order to execute. And then finally, you know, UCLA didn't run rough shot through its regional. They struggled. Uh, extra yeah. innings, of course, Fresno State's got an ace. Uh, and then Minnesota gave them all they could handle. But they survive in advance is the key. And I would say outside of James Madison, the other big underdog here is Virginia Tech, who has moved on. And for goodness sakes, they went out to – Arizona and they just dominated in that yeah. regional I don't what do you make of this matchup between UCLA and Vodtech do the Hokies have anything for the Bruins you know hello Virginia Tech yeah. welcome to the party I love to see it I mean they they put up a heck of a run against a very good seeded Arizona State team out there in Tempe that's a tough place to play um I'm very familiar with Tempe. Took some visits there prior to committing to Oklahoma. Like that, that's a that's a good ball club over there. Very good program with championship success. And Virginia Tech, make some noise. I love to see it. Like this, this is some of the visibility and the growth within our sport that I keep mentioning is you have a VT team going up against the number two seed in LA. Uh, if for nothing else, this visibility and this matchup is going to do big things for our sport. And they're good, good team. Keely Rashard in the circle is huge. Um, Bennett at the plate has oh, been maxed. So uh, good. Seven at-bats. 
she was including the last seven at bats. She went nine for eleven that past weekend. Like she she is red, red, red hot. Career regional has been an eight eighteen batting average. So I, I can't think of a better leader for them on their staff. But they're going to have to do it against Rachel Garcia, and that that's one of the best arms right now. Two way players in our game. Um, Kinsley Washington has been awesome for UCLA. When you think of the coach staff at UCLA, I mean, they bleed, they ooze championships over there. So it's going to be a tough matchup, but at this point, the best place to be when it gets to this time in the season is that you have nothing to lose. And Virginia tech is the underdog. And sometimes that extra, that extra wind under your wings of being the underdog and have nothing to having nothing to lose is exactly what will get you the big upset. So I, I I'm, I'm patiently waiting for these two, two teams to battle it out. Communication Federal Credit Union brings you our conversations every single Friday and Monday with Aaron Miller. You can learn more by going to comfedcu.org. That's comfedcu.org, which means we're getting to our final two questions slash conversation pieces, Oklahoma and Washington. Let's just start with the obvious. Gabby Plain has one of those drop balls that just falls off the table. It's a challenge. She's thrown a lot of innings. She struck out a lot of hitters. What's that big key this weekend for the Sooner hitters, Aaron, to have success against Gabby Plain? Adjustments and, and timely adjustments, making no excuses and pitch to pitch. You are you are making changes and and analyzing what you're going to see. Um, uh, you know, you've had a chance to talk with JT. I think he'll be on here later. Come up next. He, he is the science of hitting, and he does such a great job of simplifying. And when you talk about swing planes and matchups of how to hit a drop ball, in my eyes, and this is just my opinion, that was the toughest type of pitcher to hit. It was one that was low in the zone. Very easy just to pound the ball in the ground, roll over ground balls. Um, Gabby Plain is, a, is unique in the sense that she is a drop ball pitcher, but she pitches for strikeouts. Normally what you see in a drop ball pitcher is not high strikeouts. It's ground ball outs. You're forcing an offense to put the ball in play on the ground and let your defense cash it out. Gabby Plain can do both things. She can pitch for strikeouts and pitch for contact. Uh, That's what makes her so dominant. And she pitches that hard, that heavy drop ball. Plank, I got to talk to you just about the the rotations per minute for her. I mean, it, it's sickening watching how her ball moves. It's like, is that even is that even possible for somebody to do that? She she is that efficient and that dominant in the circle. She's one of the top three finalists for National Player of the Year, as well as Jocelyn Allo. Um, So one of the best arms within our game will go up undoubtedly against the best offense in the nation. If you're not watching these matchups, what are you doing? Because th- this is the this is the matchup of the century, and I'm sad it's not happening at the Women's College World Series, and that it's got to happen in Super Regionals. But you got to survive in advance, and we're going to have to see that this weekend. How excited are you about Home Run Village? Uh, I'm stoked, and props to our our Sooner Sports team who was able to pull that together, our, our athletic director and, and associate AD, Kenny Mossman and Joe Castiglione. Like, we have a world-class team here at OU Plank. I know you know that, but I'm going to continue to sing their praises because um, what we were able to pull off for the Home Run Village is, is top tier. So I'm looking forward to it. 
Uh, I can't wait to watch you, Aaron. Uh, I wish that I was sitting next to you this weekend in Norman, but uh, because of that, we're able to talk about every single Super Regional matchup and give fans some insight. Appreciate it. Have a blast this weekend, and we'll talk on Monday. Hey, thank you. All right, thanks to Aaron Miller. Let's talk some Sooner hitting with Sooner hitting coach J.T. Gasso in advance of today's game against Washington. He's headed to the Super Regionals for the, let's see, 16, 17, 18, 19, fifth Straight time as a hitting coach, JT Gasso joins us right off the top. Congratulations, JT, man. How was that weekend for you? No, it was crazy. Um, I mean, the the Wichita State, was a re- they're really tough. And um, it's just one of those things where, you know, they, they make you better, not just, you know, the way you play, but mentally trying to stay locked in the entire game just to, just so you can, you know, do what you got to do. So um, it was awesome. We love it. But it was, for me, it was crazy at the same time. It, I guess I felt like I've spent a lot of time explaining to fans just how good Wichita State's offense is. But as a, as a hitting coach, you can probably attest to it more than anyone, JT. They can straight up mash. Yeah, and that was the thing is they – they didn't strike out a lot. Um, they don't strike out a lot, and they put the they were putting the ball in play. Um, I know their their coaches do a good job of getting getting them prepared for what they're going to see, and it's um, you know they just don't they don't slump. They I've I've watched them, you know, a, a ton of games where I just never saw them get beat. Um, they were they they put the ball in play. They swing it hard, and they they know what they're doing. So. Yeah, really, really tough opponent. Really tough opponent for us. What? Okay, so take me through. You, you you fall behind 4-0, and this team has no panic. And it's unique because you're the visitors on your home field, which is always odd to me. It's that, what, second game in the regional, second game in the super regional. It's always like that. But, JT, at that point, what's your message to your hitters? I mean, do, do you worry about them pressing or trying to do too much at the plate or no? No, just because I think the pace of the game, we we were pretty happy with the way we were at. Um, you know, just got unlucky with Jada lining out to uh, uh, the third baseman there in the first inning. So, I mean, we had two runners on with, with one out um, with the chance to, to kind of um, go ahead there. So, um, I mean, we, we really try and work on our first three innings just to make sure that we're – you know, trying to get through as many at bats as we can, and and people are getting good looks, and we felt like we did that in the first inning. So in the second inning, it was just, hey, you know, keep keep doing what we're doing because it's not like we we uh, have to press or anything. So, um, I mean, we felt really good going into that second inning, even though we were down four, and um, it was just right on plan with uh, like nothing changed with what we were going to do. That was good to see. And, man, I'll tell you what, you, it's not as if there was anyone overly struggling in this lineup, but, you know, Coach had brought up in her, in her post-game Zoom about how Tiare had, had kind of battled a, a little bit of an illness, and then, I mean, a, a struggle for her is, is having one game without a hit, which is wild for a freshman. But it was really cool to see both her and Jada excel in their first postseason, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it was great. Um, that's Tiara. Uh, here's what's been kind of crazy. These these freshmen, they've been committed to us for such a long time. <laughs> so they, they've they seen us at the World Series in Super Regionals, postseason, playing OU or OSU, Texas. Like, they've seen us in these games for so long. And mm-hmm. I feel like 
they've been waiting for the for these moments. It's you know they've been we've been hyping it up for so long. So it's like you know they're just embracing it and and like loving every minute that they're out there. They they do love every minute that we're out there. What was the energy like for you having the first game with the full crowd on Friday night? I I could sense it. What was it like in the dugout? Uh, it was wild. <laughs> just because the it, it's that roar that you just don't. I mean, I, I you remember when we were at Arizona, right? right? Yeah. And that it's just that roar that kind of gets you. You're like, whoa. Even when when we played at Oregon in 2018, oh, yeah. right, that roar, and we hadn't heard that since 2020, right? Mm-hmm. Since and I mean, even then, it wasn't it wasn't anywhere close. Basically, we hadn't heard that roar of the crowd since 2019. Just thinking this, right? Thing, because yeah. 2020, it was we didn't have a sellout, we didn't have those things. So um, the energy was just unbelievable. It was unbelievable, and um, you could feel it. And it was—I was just glad that uh, it was for us. <laughs> yeah, good point. Did you worry at all? I, I had talked to Tra and Jade about it for a piece we did on. You know, these are two players that are candidates for freshman of the year, national freshman of the year. At one point, Tra was player of the year. You talked about them having been in the mix for so long that it's not as if anything would surprise them. But did you worry at all about them in that moment about the freshman and heck even? The Kinsey, Kinsey Hansen. I mean, Lou Donahue hadn't played in, in in front of crowds like this before. Was there ever any concern about it, the, the the moment for them in your mind, or no? No, just just because I think um, I think when that adrenaline kicks in, it is, and you're playing that game, it it, it hits you in like a good way, um, especially with with your home crowd. Um, and one thing that that's been helpful is having those people like Jocelyn um, and the, you know, the other seniors and, and juniors, the people have been here to just say like, Hey, this is what it's going to be like and embrace it. Um, love it because it's going to be awesome. So um, they've, they've kind of been prepped for it and they just, you know, love it. didn't look like it phased them. Maybe it did. Maybe it helped them in a, in a good way or scared them in a good way. But um it looked like they've been doing it for a long time. Hey, um, Jossie got pretty fired up a couple of times. I mean, don't get me wrong. She's a fairly low-key person. But, JT, this it, it's almost as if there's this different side that we've seen unleashed this year. You and I have talked about it on this show and, and obviously off the air in her hitting and what she's been doing and her focus on uh, her, her focus in the weight room. But you mentioned that. That leadership seems like it's ticked up a notch and notch it. She's one of those players that when she shows some emotion and when you see her fired up from stomping on the plate against Texas to what the little mini bat flip against Oklahoma State, even though she says she didn't realize she did that, you know it's it's a big deal whenever she shows that kind of emotion. I've been really impressed with her leadership. No, 100%. And that's, I mean, just exactly like you said, that's something that she embraced going into this year. And, I mean, it's paying dividends for all of us just because to have someone who performs at that level to be one of your leaders, um, it just gives everyone someone to to look to whenever uh, we're in those moments. Uh, So, obviously, we – you're formulating the plan. You're preparing. We had a thought it might be Washington, but again, Michigan's a really good team. JT, when you're in the midst, take us through what that preparation process is like. 
Regionals wrap up. It's a pigeonhole focus on your opponents there. How quickly does that preparation turn to your next opponent? And a little bit challenging, too, because, heck, that game didn't get over to what, midnight on Sunday night? Yeah, yeah, that was it was a wild Sunday for softball, that's for sure. But um, I, I know for us, we just on the back end, we've been, you know, we get video on pretty much um, everyone that's in the tournament. So we've been trying to um, see, you know, and trying to prepare for next year because anytime you can get people on video, it's, it's a good thing. So, um, I mean, we knew if we, if we won the regional, we were going to see someone in the Seattle regional. So just, you never, you literally never know what's going to happen. Right. So all those games we were, um, getting video on and, and kind of looking at, and it's one of those things where you have just kind of like a general idea because, um, you know, if you go too in depth with somebody and that you may not play them. So like, for example, if we went too far in depth with Michigan and we didn't play them, then it was been all that kind of for nothing. So um, it, it's kind of like, you, you know, who is in that regional, you know, kind of, a, you have an idea of what they can throw, who their main pitcher is. And, and one pitcher that was in there, um, the Portland state pitcher that we faced uh, in Grant, uh, yeah, Grand Canyon was really, really good. So that's someone too. I was like, man, that's that's, that's going to be a tough spot for anyone who's in there. But um, but yeah. So now going into this week, it's you can really zero in on um, some things that they do, uh, some some opponents that they've played, and kind of get way more in detail about how you can um, put a plan together for for how they are as a team. Speaking of that plan. Obviously, you've seen Gabby playing before, before we just talk about the challenges that she presents. Knowing that you have a handful of players on this team that have faced her, how much does that help to relay information to, say, the other players and obviously to help you put together your plan? Yeah, so um, first, she's, I mean, un, she's unreal. She's an unbelievable pitcher, and the mm. things that she has accomplished, and she's still um, – still has a lot has a lot of things to go so that's the thing too is in the past we didn't really have a ton of success off of her so um what's great though is it's been so long i feel like i'm different as a coach the players will say that they're different as players so we can kind of look at it um in hindsight and just you know just say hey that was that was completely different team um this is kind of the things that we're seeing and then we can confirm it with kind of the things that they've seen in the past, but the way that um, it's going to be a dogfight for sure, because she, she doesn't give in, she competes, she battles and, you know, we're going to do the same thing. So um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun. It'll be a really fun weekend. And I know um, one of the things that our, you know, our hitters and our players just, they really, embrace is the challenge and it's it's another challenge another test and it's it's just going to be time to get after it yeah and then just in general I mean there's so many people that think of hitting in baseball terms JT and that took me a long time to adjust and uh, I know I've talked about with DJ and even with you in the past but you know, you deal with a sinker in baseball, but this is a much different world when we're talking about this kind of drop ball, right? I mean, it's it's a completely different mindset. It's completely different mechanics for the hitter, isn't it? Um, you or know, no. I 
I wasn't um, I wasn't good enough to, to really figure out how to hit hard sinkers. So. <laughs> Neither was I. I mean, come on. So, no, um, no, that and that's the thing is she does so many things that outside of a drop ball, she mix, mix, she mixes speech. She works both sides of the plate. She works up and down. She she can literally throw to all quadrants uh, with different speeds. So. Um, so yeah, that it's, it's one of those things where you just gotta, you know, formulate what you're going to do, trust what you're going to do. And then, um, come game time, adjust when, uh, when they adjust. And that's something that she does really well too, is their coaching staff does a really good job with her of making adjustments in game and, um, just, <laughs> just competing. So that's, that's it's going to be one of those things where it's just, you know, we don't want to put a lot of thought into it. Right. Um, we want to be definitely smart, but um, at the end of the day, it's just going to be a dogfight um, competition. Hey, uh, so real quick, before we let you run, can we talk about Pickle's business decision and not go for that home run ball, which I think she could have made a play on in the uh, Papio there on, on Saturday? Have we, have we no, gone in depth on that or no? <laughs> I've never heard it. Oh, that. That's awesome. Um yeah, so look, she when she is watching us hit, uh-huh. she's hitting. Right. She's not playing defense. <laughs> so if uh, you know, if you watched her out there, uh-huh. it was front of the patio, on hands on the hips, locked into every at bat, and then just uh, our kids were under the table. They could have been, you know, in the parking lot, or I don't know. But she was locked in. Uh, for our at-bats, which is awesome. I love it. All right. Hey, JT, I can't wait to see you this weekend, man. I'm pumped up for you. Have a great week of preparation, and good luck, bud. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I right, see you, brother. See you, Plank. See you, buddy. JT Gasso. By the way, did not get this podcast out um, before the UCLA-Virginia Tech game, but wow, what a win last night for the Hokies, 7-2 over the Bruins. Florida State shuts out LSU, one zip. So far, so good for the road team. Let's hope we can change that today as Oklahoma takes on Washington. This afternoon at 2 o'clock. Until then, everyone have a great day. We'll be back on Monday to recap it all. Thanks to Aaron Miller. Thanks to JT Gasso. And thanks to you. OU, Washington, Super Regionals. Complete preview right here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. We'll see you Monday. Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind. Home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind is still the one. And Allstate. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network.